Uh, good morning. Sunday morning upstairs class would call this. At least I do. begin with a word of prayer. We're thankful, Heavenly Father, for your love and mercy and abounding grace in all aspects of our lives, and we thank you for bringing us together safely this morning. May we have an attitude of constantly striving to and seeking to learn and to grow in the fruits of the Spirit, and in the knowledge of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we not become puffed up in our knowledge, but always serve you with humility, loving you and loving our neighbor as ourselves. We thank you, O oh God, for this opportunity to feed upon your word. Bless us in this endeavor. In Christ's name, amen. Anybody need less than four? That's not four. Wouldn't hear them. You don't have four yet. Got it. Uh, visitors, visitors can uh, borrow a couple. Because we're on the topic of ex accepting adversity and tragedy. Lesson, uh, lesson three, how, how would you summarize lesson three if you have it in front of you? I know I just pointed you to lesson four, but lesson three, what was going on there? The title's listening to God, but that's kind of kind of misleading. <clears throat> it's focusing mainly on, yes, Christ, the gift of Christ. In order to kind of get a handle and a grasp of of how to face and handle adversity and hardship and difficult and even tragedy, you've got to understand the gift of Christ, and the attitude of God towards his mankind that he created, correct? The degree to which we, to which we deserved Christ's sacrifice is mankind deserved actually to die, so we needed Christ's sacrifice, and we discussed the degree to which we needed it, the degree of Christ's suffering, if you see there in the outline, and the, the abiding benefits. Does God have constant concern for his people? 
Yeah, and there were one, there are seven scriptures there in lesson three that <clears throat> describe his concern. Isaiah 41 was, I am with you. Psalm 52, cast your burdens upon me. Psalm 138, he answered and he increases strength. Matthew 11, he's gentle and humble. 1 Timothy 6, he richly supplies us with everything we need. Hebrews 13, the Lord is our helper. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And James 1, every good thing and every perfect gift comes from the Father of light. And that, that is a great one. Uh, I was listening to a speaker down in Kirkland one time. He was focusing on teaching the word to unbelievers. And he gave an example of a woman who had lost her brother. An unbeliever, unbelieving woman who had lost her brother. I don't know if it was to disease or an accident. And was extremely distraught over that. And somehow ended up coming to this Christian teacher, evangelist, and this is one of the first verses he went to and read to her, James 1, 16 to 17, might be good to read that. Do not be deceived, this is James 1, 16, my beloved brethren, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. So what comes down from the Father of lights? Not just everything, but everything given and every perfect gift is from above. Everything good given, every perfect gift. So something bad, like the death of her brother, he's trying to get her to see that is... Not a gift <laughs> given from God, right? Not, not as the source and the cause of bad. He is, he is not. She actually became a believer. That is good, except the sad thing is she was in the fashion industry and that dragged her away into the world again. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was the sad part of that story. Spiritual blessings, of course, Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, and 2 Timothy 3, and then eternal life provided for us. Those are the things we need to think about in the background as we approach accepting adversity and tragedy. Lesson four, large-scale tragedies. Large-scale tragedies. Introduction. I trust you work on this at home, but to tie us together as we're here in this class, let's put ourselves together. Having laid a foundation in the previous lessons, it's time to begin an examination of some of the hard questions of life noted in lesson one. What are we to think when a natural disaster occurs halfway around the world? Example, an earthquake in Iran that kills tens of thousands or a typhoon in Southeast Asia that kills hundreds. Does it make a different impact on us when the tragedy strikes closer to home? And it does, doesn't it? For example, a hurricane on the Florida coast or a hurricane in Louisiana 
A what? Shooting at the mall. Yeah. That's our mall. Last year, or was that the year before? It's flying. But it was, it was not too long ago, and it was local, and it still impacts us. We still think about that once in a while, correct? Yeah, that's a good example. What if the tragedy is man-made, which was that man-made, that one, in the mall? Whether an accident, for example, a nightclub fire sparked by fireworks, or in Florida there was a nightclub shooting a couple years ago, got a lot of attention, or whether it's intentional, the World Trade Center collapses. So the one in Florida, the nightclub shooting in Florida, that was intentional. World Trade Center collapsing, that's intentional. Uh, the nightclub fire sparked by fireworks, was that in London? Is that what that's referring to? That was, that was uh, accidental. You thinking of fireworks starting something? A shooting? Yeah, there, okay, another mass shooting was in Las Vegas. That was intentional. Whether the, I'm going to have somebody read here. Steve, feel like reading? That second pa paragraph there in our lesson four. Okay, so that's just kind of setting forth. The, and uh, I'm not one, I, in Bible classes I like studying text better, but top, we're in a topical class and it's just, uh, instead of reinventing the wheel, we're using this author's thoughts, so we will follow the way they're laying out. They're going to bring out some scriptures, put them before us, and then drop it and pick it up later. So you're not going to like that part of it, but let's go ahead and follow the recipe and see what we can glean out of this topic. Before we get too deep in a consideration of this topic, we need to be sure that it is one addressed in scriptures. Remember the need to depend upon a revelation from God to provide answers to questions of this nature rather than our own emotions. Do you agree with that statement? And indeed, this subject is addressed. The subject of, of um, this topic is addressed, it's saying, in our Bibles. Do you have your Bibles with you? Luke 13, whether they're electronic or paper, Luke 13, 1 through 5. Paul, are you there? Do you feel like reading? Go ahead.
Okay, what two tragedies are mentioned by Jesus here? Okay, and more specific, what type? He mingled, he mingled some blood. Whose blood? Galileans. Mingled Galilean blood into their sacrifices. I, I take that to mean Roman-type sacrifices, which means if, if you're going to use human blood for that, the humans were executed. Is that correct? Okay. Mingled Galilean blood. So what, what we have going on there was... Does he use that word? Uh, okay. Reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. What's the other tragedy mentioned? A tower falling. Okay. So this this is in Jesus' day. It's already happened because Jesus is referring to it. So did a couple of jets fly into that tower in Salome? Huh? No, no airplanes. He doesn't describe how it fell. He just says it fell. Could have been engineering fault. Uh, the ground gave way. It doesn't indicate that somebody took a bulldozer and pushed it over, right? So it, it just fell. Before we get ahead of the, ourselves, we'll go ahead and utilize question two. Were these tragedies man-made or did they occur naturally? This this one's a this one's a little tough. Man made or natural? Well, not, let's don't go to that yet. Let's determine whether it's man made or natural. Yeah. So that uh, what are you going to call that? Man made. Okay. Man made. How about this one? A tower falling. Could have been. What if it was just gravity? I'm assuming. What would that be? Yeah. So we so we have votes for man-made, but um, put that in parentheses. Probably leaning more towards. And natural, you can put accidents under natural, right? Some accidents. Yeah, that's what we're to now. So this one here, was this intentional or accidental, this pilot one? Intentional. Yeah, and I've already used the word accident, so what's this one? The second one, sounds like a... Accident. Most of us agree? 
Okay. We will study the specific lessons that Jesus teaches from these tragedies later. So here we get set up with all this, and we're going to talk about it later. But for now, consider this question. Was an opinion already held about the tragedies? So in the context there, was an opinion already held? Yeah? I see in some nods. So what was the opinion? What's that? A little louder? In both situations? Because he, he asked, asked them, do you suppose the Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans? And the tower people, were they worse culprits than all the men who lived in Jerusalem? Okay, so the... How's it word that? Uh, an opinion already held. Yes. Opinion was that they were sinners. Meaning what? Well, what does that mean? Okay, so these things happened because they were sinners, so they deserved what happened. Is that, is that the thinking in the minds of the people? Some may have thought that God brought that up on them as judgment or something? Yeah. And that's where it gets, uh, from a human standpoint, that's where we struggle. Keep your, keep your thumb on Luke 13. Let's go over to John 9. Let's see, Patrick, are you in John 9? Would, do you mind reading uh, 1 through 4? Yes. Okay, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But what do we want to focus on here in relation to this topic? Verse 2 and 3, correct? And what's, what's their que question? Teacher, who sinned? This man or his parents? Is this kind of sounding like the attitude here? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Right, because... I, Evidently, that was a long-standing philosophy or thought back in this day and even before Jesus' time that when you face something bad, like being blind, somebody sins somewhere. It's, it's a punishment, retribution, it's a, a consequence. When I start using the word consequence, however, do some sins... Bring about bad consequences? Yeah. Can you give me an example? 
drug use? No. Not being no. sober? Okay. Yep. Okay, the alcohol example is a good one. What's that? Okay. Yes. In infidelity, uh, sexual immorality, bringing about consequences of disease and things like that. Yeah, good examples. Jesus healed a lame man one time and told him, go away and sin no more, actually, is what he said. That throws another monkey wrench in here, doesn't it? Now, in his case, in his case, perhaps his ailment, and this is just guessing, this is just opinion, possibly could have been a result of something that he was engaged in that was sinful, and he's suffering consequences of that. I know people that disagree with that viewpoint. It's, it doesn't tell us <clears throat> and doesn't explain why Jesus said that to him either, but Totally different situation from this man who's born blind. The other paralytic, I do not believe it describes to us whether he was born that way or not. I don't think it does. And the scripture's not coming to mind right now. But here, he's born blind, so the people naturally have this question, and it's, it's again, he must have done something wrong to be in this condition. And Jesus says, no, in this case, it's so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And it just leads on to one of my favorite chapters of all time where the blind man stands up to those leaders of the Jews. And boy, I don't, need, I don't know if I could have done half the job that blind man did when he received his sight. Just amazing. But that gets a little off topic. So for now, was an opinion already held about these tragedies? Yes. Did Jesus agree or disagree with the opinions? So we're back to Luke. So I'm hearing a couple of disagrees. Yes. You may be. So may I. Okay, and that's in verse 3. So it sounds like we're leaning towards Jesus does not agree with this opinion here that, that these people died just because they were sinners. Because he's, he uses the word no. Is that in most translations? Jesus says, I tell you no, but unless you repent... And our adversity lessons aren't going to focus on that part of it, but that's, that's a huge takeaway, right? Unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. Perish. He's perished. So that ought to wake them up. In other words, Jesus is taking that 
and putting it right back onto them. Examine your hearts, right? Yeah, good point, Laverne. They're, but they still have that attitude and that closed mind. It's not just that. Right. The, the, wake up, the wake up word is repent. And repent does mean, cha- mean change because they are in this condition also, right? Whether or not they think these people suffered because they were sinners, Jesus is saying, it, we would say, we'd paraphrase and say, who are you saying is the sinners? Is that right? He's saying, look in the mirror, right? We, we'd say, look in the mirror. Unless you repent, change your mind, you'll, you'll perish just like them. And that's, that's one motivation that I think helps us as human beings is, is to look at the consequences of sin and not wanting to be in the same company as those who who did who do this kind of thing? A pilot and his associates, murdering or executing, and then mingling their blood with their sacrifices. And yes, Ted. What what do you guys think about that when Jesus? is using the concept of perish there, is he, what, what's in Jesus' mind, do you think, in terms of perish? Spiritual, spiritual death? Yeah. I, what do you think, Ted, to the audience there probably realize that they would die physically? Yeah. Yeah, and that's Jesus' emphasis most of the time with his, with his immediate disciples and a broad general sense is wake up, people, and think in terms of spiritual things, whether it's spiritual life or spiritual death, think in those terms, and that, that really is no different today. I can name you some people really struggle, and they're unbelievers right now, struggle with this concept of, Spiritual, thinking spiritually, and thinking about beyond the physical. They, they are totally wrapped. They're doing, they even do good here on this physical life. Do good works and work the way the Lord said and provide for their families and are hard workers, and yet they're not thinking beyond the physical. And sadly, you see that, creep, that attitude creep into God's people, don't you? There's apathy, and we just focus on... Here and laying up for our treasures, laying our treasures up here instead of in heaven. It's related, I believe. Uh, headlines today. Headlines this week.
Ice pick killer, Danny Paul, you won't believe this name, Danny Paul Bible. Danny Paul Bible. Just like, just like you hear it, a murderer, he was executed in Texas, murdered at least four people, first one was way back in 77, so Texas is not carrying the sentence out swiftly, the way the Bible says, but they're carrying it out, and nine other assaults, which I won't describe, but heinous, heinous is this guy. So he was put to death. <clears throat> kind of like this. Only I don't think his blood's been mixed with sacrifices, but Texas, in my understanding, is carrying out New Testament principle where they have governmental, not only right, but governmental responsibility to, to do that kind of thing. So, so, so how about that guy? Was he, uh, and I just think it's, I don't know, is it ironic or is it <laughs> that his last name is Bible? Wow. So the thing is, yeah, if, if it's justice, uh, <clears throat> That, see, that's a motivation for me. I, I want to do and follow Jesus' counsel here, repent, or likewise perish. Even if none of us, and hopefully none of us do or will, anything close to this guy in terms of sin, will we find ourselves in the same company, so to speak, in the same, same uh, absence from the presence of God, if we do not repent, I, I, that's the, the takeaway. That, that's the scary thing and the motivation that should motivate us to make sure that our repentance is genuine and that we're continuing to walk in the light. I saw a hand over here. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had that last name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I. I. Who knows? Who knows what his motives was? He. But he had a. He had a uh, lifetime of. Uh, how does it describe? Bible was a drifter with a record of violence in several states when he was arrested in Fort Myers, Florida in 1999 for an assault in Louisiana. And then he told detectives in Louisiana about four Texas killings, including the death of a four-month-old boy and at least nine other assaults. And, uh, and the first one back in 79 was he murdered a woman with an ice pick. That's why he gets the name ice pick killer so 
but that headline caught me just, just because of his name. I'm thinking, I'm thinking well, that's, that's interesting, but the Bible does address the, the types of things that he has done and the consequences. <laughs> and, uh, and it also points out to us that he, as far as what's good and right and righteous, he didn't follow that. He didn't follow the Bible in that. So that's, that's what makes it ironic. But I was trying to use that, that here and connect it with what Jesus says, unless you repent, can I do this? Can, tell me if I can do this. Unless we repent, we shall, always, we shall all likewise perish. Is that? And we won't get into the topic of are there different degrees of penalty and punishment. Don't even ask that right now. Because <clears throat> that will get us off topic. Go to the... I have, I have pointed out that my understanding is, and again, I could be wrong on this, that, that there are principles we can learn from and how God deals with nations in general. And that uh, we can pick out those verses, uh, righteousness, uh, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, and righteousness exalts a nation, but what? Right. Any people. Mm -hmm. and, and then you look at the uh, way God dealt with the heathen nations that his people came into contact with and the way he dealt with his own people. When they became faithless and lost their faith, and he was merciful and merciful and merciful and patient and patient and patient. And then there was a time where he says, your iniquity is what? Full. And I don't know if any human being can make that determination at all ever, but he did. And, and I, I still hold the, and it's an opinion, that those principles God still operates on. And we had a fellow in this congregation a while back that, that when I would make those statements, interpreted me as saying that the individuals 
that God is bringing judgment on the individuals. For example, in New York when the towers fell, that I was saying that those individuals were being judged because of their sin. Or when people in Mount St. Helens died when it blew up. Or the hurricanes that have happened and people died in there that God was bringing some sort of judgment upon those individuals. And I, I never said, that is not what I was saying. I was looking at more a 30,000 foot level, a higher level, looking down that those tragedies, and let's go to the 9-11 tragedy, did, did that affect America as a whole? Yeah, yeah. Even over here, we're here, we're over here on the West Coast, and how many days after that were you thinking about it? <laughs> we still think about it. Yeah, so it, it, uh, it affected us in, in a general sense, and I guarantee you, and this individual that I'm talking about from this country, he's not with us anymore. He, he was not grasping that concept and, and disagreed that, that uh, those events affect a nation and get people to think about wh whether God, whether we say God allowed those events or he caused them, don't want to go there. But when they happened, if God allowed those things to happen, did they bring about some change of mind and change of heart in the minds and hearts of many people. And I think they did. John. 